Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. In this episode, you'll hear from Dr. Adam Chesler with Telefarm about how telepharmacy can be utilized to expand the pharmacist's reach and improve patient access. Telepharmacy is just one new innovation in the future of pharmacy, and the adoption of telepharmacy has varied from state to state. There is good utilization of this technology to expand pharmacy services, particularly in rural areas. And many settings, including both health systems and independent pharmacies, are leveraging this technology. So today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Adam Chesler, has a doctor of pharmacy with broad management background and more than 15 years of experience in retail and independent pharmacy. He's got a unique combination of financial and pharmaceutical training. Uh, most recently found himself as the uh, Director of Regulatory Affairs at Cardinal Health. Um, so he's got a great background, uh, formerly uh, Director of Strategic Alliances with the Pharmacy Technician Certification Board um, and some other experiences uh, in the, the Texas area. So Adam, uh, we're excited to have you as a guest and welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks, Hillary. I'm uh, excited to be here. Well, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and maybe share a little bit about your personal life. <laughs> My personal life isn't too exciting. Uh, we get to do a ton of travel across the United States, but that's, uh, that's about the excitement of my personal life. Uh, but my current role is Director of Regulatory Affairs with Cardinal Health, uh, and, and that role is really helping drive the solutions that help our customers. It's interesting because our, our regulatory or my regulatory affairs job falls under the marketing branch of Cardinal Health because that's where the solutions for the customers uh, reside. So stuff such as point-of-care testing, uh, telepharmacy, um, MTM outcomes, things to that extent. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, you know, we re originally connected at the NASPA meeting or the National Association for State Pharmacy Associations uh, this summer. And uh, you were sharing a little bit about your work with telepharmacy. And uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Becker's Healthcare Review and like to listen to some of their uh, webinars and things, and have seen that uh, you've been able to uh, talk a lot about um, telepharmacy and and how that is a solution to help, um, particularly in those rural areas. Um, I think that you know, one first, can you first just break it down a little bit as what is telepharmacy, and then um, you know 
how um, that is is being used more um, in the pharmacy industry. Sure. So <clears throat> the way we look at telepharmacy, everything that you're doing today in a pharmacy still exists in a telepharmacy. Uh, we don't change scope of practice. We don't change uh, what anybody, uh, what the pharmacist's responsibilities are. All we're doing is having the pharmacist, giving them the ability to do it uh, from a distance. So a lot of the older laws were written that say the pharmacist has to be on the premises. So they have the technicians have to be in their line of sight. And as we're shifting to more clinical services, the pharmacist is out uh, giving consultations to patients or giving flu shots to patients. They're not watching the technicians 24 hours anymore. It's not the old model of, you know, there's a technician to my left, there's a technician to my right. And that's really all I can, I can keep an eye on. So what we're doing is utilizing audiovisual technology. So basically it's a brick and mortar site with a full inventory of drugs. Uh, but the only the technician is on site, the pharmacist is supervising them remotely. They have HD coverage of the whole facility. They're still checking every prescription for clinical accuracy. They're still checking the fill and they're still counseling all the patients when they come in with a face-to-face consultation. But technology is allowing you to do this uh, in areas that it wasn't you weren't previously available to put a pharmacist before. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful. So I've, I've had a, a colleague that um, has has been doing that for quite some time in, in Texas. And and uh, I believe that every state has a different uh, regulation on what's allowed and what's not allowed. For instance, in the state of Tennessee, I don't believe telepharmacy is allowed, although there is a pilot over in East Tennessee with Cherokee Health Systems. Um, So that is something, of course, for our listeners to consider the state regulations. But um, are you seeing, you know, this as a solution for the retail setting or or hospital setting? Tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, your because you're working with Cardinal, who's developed a solution for this, and and uh, what type of settings it w- might be implemented in. Yeah, so uh, just to start off, they actually do have telepharmacy in Tennessee, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Uh, but it can only be in a federally, federally qualified health center. It can only be overseen by a federally, federally qualified health center. Okay. So that really limits the amount of locations, and that's why you're not really seeing it. Yes. Um, but what Cardinal does provide is a software to allow people to to operate a telepharmacy, um, and we're really seeing it. It's kind of a, a interesting question because um, it's it's spreading significantly. People are coming up with use case scenarios I never thought of, mm-hmm. uh, and I've spent a lot of time thinking of them. Uh, as you said, it, it started as an urban thing or a rural concept. Sorry. And it was, hey, these people are 15 miles or 10 miles away from a pharmacy. Let's uh, let's put a pharmacy in that town. We can supervise them through remote access. But as we've started to look in that definition of medically underserved area or, or pharmacy access desert, more cases have come up. Uh, we're seeing them being put in hospitals so patients can be discharged with medications, uh, HIV clinics to allow the patients to get uh, residency trained consultations and, and get that medication and go home with it without having to go get it filled in a different location. Uh, from basically anywhere you could think you've wanted a pharmacist. I've had people come to us looking at using it for American Sign Language uh, just to be able to provide an American Sign Language consultation. So it's not that concept of this is only for the the rural areas. Um, there's patients that take two buses to get to their doctor, and then they're supposed to take two more buses to go fill their prescriptions. There's people who have low vehicle ownership access. They're a mile away. Uh, it's pretty hard to walk a mile when it's zero degrees outside and you don't have a car. There's a lot of patients who are having access issues, and we've always said 
hey, I'd love to put a pharmacist there or a pharmacist would be a great addition to this team, but mm-hmm. you just can't afford to put one there full time. And this really allows you to expand that pharmacist reach into these areas. One of the biggest things we're seeing now, uh, since physicians are getting judged on patient outcomes, they're looking at physician dispensing. They're trying to dispense because mm-hmm. you think about the concept of, hey, I give you a prescription and I expect you to go fill it. And if you don't, I get in trouble. Mm. So physicians are saying, hey, we want to dispense, but they recognize the value of the pharmacist. They want the pharmacist involved in that. So they're looking at telepharmacy to, to have that access to a pharmacist and have the pharmacist do that dispensing process and the consultation process and, and get that exposure and really help the healthcare continuum expand. Yeah, no, I, I love that example as well. I was um, at a conference here in Nashville um, Health further, and of course, there's a lot of of startups and, and innovators um, at this type of conference. And one of the vendors was um, I don't recall the name, but basically uh, like a vending machine for um, prescriptions for for doctors' offices to be able to to put. Um, and you know, looking through, oh, this is great, okay, but there wasn't any type of of pharmacist engagement. And so I thought that there was a little bit of a, a lack there because we know how valuable it is to have uh, a pharmacist counseling a patient and, and helping to improve adherence. So um, having a technology solution like telepharmacy um, is certainly uh, a value add. So Adam, you know, you also, we also hear a lot about telehealth. Um, there are a couple of different, uh, organizations out there doing that. And, you know, insurance companies are, um, starting to pay for that, um, service, uh, even though there's still a little bit of uptick in the telehealth, how does that walk us through a little bit, how telehealth may differ from telepharmacy? In some instances, it's the same. In some instances, it's different, um, <laughs> which I know doesn't really answer your question. Right. But all we're doing is providing the, the provision of services from a remote location. You look at telemedicine, and they're actually doing uh, examinations of patients, things to that extent. We're, we're looking at telepharmacy as more like that teleradiology, that, that the radiologist can't be on site at every hospital. They're not at all the rural hospitals, or they're not at every location, but you can send that image to a radiologist at a remote location, and they can review it. So that part of the, the service is, is the same as the telemedicine part. So we can we can provide a pharmacist services. We can get a pharmacist into these areas that we weren't able to before, and, and that's the provision of telemedicine that, that we're very similar to. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, it's really fascinating to see all of these uh, different technology solutions that are um, – we're seeing, you know, shortages and – and providers and, you know, you already mentioned uh, just hard to reach areas. We've got access issues, um, particularly for patients who are, um, have, you know, are in maybe lower socioeconomic um, status and and just can't maybe even get to the pharmacy in some cases. So um, technology and, and this type of solution is just such an attractive option. Um, well, Adam, it's yeah, this has been really interesting. Um, so how do you stay current with what's going on in healthcare and, um, more specifically within the pharmacy field? Uh, a lot of that is just reading news blogs, um, attending conferences. I, every week I kind of jump into Google and do some searches and, and 
get some updates on the news and healthcare. And I love looking at the studies and reading them. Uh, a couple things that I was thinking about while you're talking and, and, and these medically underserved areas. Um, I think it's 10% of patients account for 70% of all our healthcare costs. And those are the ones that are, that are of the most need. And they're the ones with the biggest access issues. Uh, we also quote IMS where they say uh, 30 to 50% of all patients never fill their prescriptions in the first place. Uh, but when you provide that access on site, that drops to uh, a study at Kaiser showed it drops to 5% don't fill it. So providing that increased access uh, really makes a big difference. And the way we're seeing all this and how I stay current is really just reading um, and staying uh, involved. My, so I'm on the board of the Texas Pharmacy Association. Uh, I get a lot of news from them and attend conferences with them. And, and we're always talking about the issues for the pharmacists in the state. Uh, sitting through the board meetings, you get to hear the biggest issues. NABP does a great job of letting everybody know what's going on in all the states. And then networking, uh, meeting people like you at these conferences helps as well. Yeah. Well, and and I'm sure that your position with the board certainly helps as uh, your title, Director of Regulatory Affairs. You've got to be up to date on all the, the legal requirements, um, especially being a board member. So, well, that's neat. Um, and so, you know, telepharmacy is certainly, um, you know, looking forward and ahead. Um, so what are some of the other things that excite you about the future of pharmacy? Probably the, the most exciting thing to me right now is what's going on in Idaho, looking at their clinical services for pharmacists. Um, the fact that, that they've taken that, you look at the way we're doing healthcare and that, uh, what are they calling it? Uh, test and treat. Everybody's looking at test and treat now for the pharmacists, and it just makes so much sense to me. Um, you think you had the flu. Then what we're doing today is you'll call your physician, try to get an appointment. Uh, you might even stay at work for a couple hours, spread the flu. You, you don't know what's going on. Um, you look at the, the test and treat concept. You run into your pharmacy just like you would now for a flu shot. Your pharmacist uses a clear wave test, tells you whether you're positive or negative for the flu, and gives you Tamiflu and sends you home or says... Um, go to your doctor because it's something else. It just makes a, it, it, it's more effective, um, more efficient. Uh, it just really excites me to think about all the things that pharmacists are going to be able to do in the future as far as these clinical services. It's, it's going to make a huge difference for our patients for access, a uh, huge difference for patients for outcomes, um, and, and just overall help with the, the healthcare system because I'm sure you're aware we're, we're in a bit of a problem right now as our healthcare costs are spiraling a little bit out of control. Uh, certainly. And there's so many ways that pharmacy can play a role and to help, um, you know, mitigate some of those costs. Um, so yeah, thanks for sharing a little bit more about what's happening in, in Idaho. So they've got, uh, some prescription, prescriptive authority. Um, it looks like, you know, some of those, um, you know, are they doing on-site lab tests, uh, some some point of care, um, a, you know, a limited scope type of thing? Um, but yeah, I think it's it's really exciting to see things like this. Um, I know over in Oregon, they've kind of piloted out the um, oral contraceptives, but other states certainly across the country are also um, taking that on, but it looks like Idaho has a, has a really robust uh, scope. Um, cold sores, influenza, strep, UTI, as well as statins for patients with diabetes. So um, looks like as of July 1, that was happening. So thanks for letting all of our listeners um, 
make sure they're aware of that. We'll all be um, staying tuned to to see how that goes. Um, I think the super interesting thing about Idaho is that it's an independent practice authority. So it's not a collaborative practice. The pharmacists can actually prescribe on their own. And the, the goal is to get the patients to be seen faster. Uh, you, you looked at what happens when pharmacists can take patients' blood pressures. They're referring patients to their physician before they have a stroke, before they have an issue. Uh, UTIs, they can get that patient on an antibiotic before it becomes complicated and then they end up in the hospital. Asthma, so they don't go to the emergency room to get an inhaler. It's it's just tons of stuff that makes enormous clinical sense. And uh, yeah, it's, it, I, you can tell I'm excited of what's the future for pharmacy. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, um, that is exciting. Um and we've we've advanced so much, but but that I'm excited about that too. So, Adam, as our final question, um, could you share maybe some um, lessons learned, or maybe some advice that you would share with your younger self, or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? It's a tough one. Um, I'd say the biggest thing for me was be patient. Uh, I always had these big dreams, and I wanted to move up as quickly as possible. Um, but the minute I kind of step, took, took myself aside a little bit and took a risk, um, tried to, to do something that I was more passionate about, which is when I, I joined a startup and, and went to telefarm. I think that's really when my career, when I really started enjoying my career and really started doing something I was passionate about. Uh, and, and in that role, I think the biggest feedback I always recommend to people is to get involved. There's when I was in pharmacy school, I didn't I wasn't part of any association. I didn't attend any meetings or hearings. I had no idea what was going on. And now when I look back, I realize I was letting other people decide the future of my profession. I was letting people who were who may have had their own self-interest at stake and wanted to do what, what was right for them, but not what's right for the profession, not what's right for the patients. And, and as I'm starting to get involved, it allows me to voice my opinion. And it's really amazing the difference you can make uh, if I never went to a board meeting in the first place, advocating to advance the role of the pharmacy technician. I never would have been offered a job by PTCB and I never would be where I am today. So definitely uh, biggest feedback I have is, is get involved and, and be responsible for the future of your profession. Yeah, that's such great advice. Well, you've um, certainly been able to, to make a big impact and I can't wait to see um, more of what happens in pharmacy and in particular within the, the telepharmacy um, world. So Adam, it was so great to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks for having me, Hillary. Great. It was a good time. <laughs> And thanks again to our sponsor, TheraWorks Relief. I was able to use some of their product after doing a seven-hour hike uh, down from the Grand Canyon rim to river to rim, and it certainly helped with the cramps in our legs after that long hike. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 